0: All right. Welcome to another Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Actually, welcome to what I would call the new season. The NFL season is obviously over. It seems like three months ago and right now, not yeah. two weeks ago. Uh, the Chiefs won again. But with the start of the combines, it's really the start of the next league year, it's really the very first activity. Uh, So Jacob's here with me here. We're going to chat a lot about Combines. Combines is starting this week, and that's the first activity. Then we're going to get into uh, free agency. We've already gotten into some uh, tagging, franchise tag season. And then we get into uh, pro days. Then we're rolling into the draft, and then uh, OTAs and everything else. Uh, so the year comes around quickly, but meanwhile, we still have basketball going, and March Madness around the corner, and a lot of things, but Jacob, let's start with a focus on combines. I know you've got a lot of questions, and yes, guys, as promised, we're going to start our guest series soon, but I feel like combines, um, you know, I've been there 20-plus times to Indianapolis. I know you Mm -hmm. have some combine questions, and we can talk about combines, but Do you make a big deal, Jacob, out of uh, Mike McCarthy, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, uh, Kyle Shanahan not going to Combines? Do you think that's big news or no one cares? And is that indicative of the Combines are no longer going to be? Or what's your take on every man's take on that?
1: It seems like that trend's kind of followed the players, like the players... It came out today that Caleb Williams is not going to throw, and uh, Marvin Harrison's skipping the whole process. It seems like I mean, I, he's not doing at his pro day, he's not working out at the combine, so it seems like it's not that it's not useful. But the guys that have been there, done that, don't exactly need
0: to show out. Let, let me tell you something. I don't care how many head coaches don't show up. The combine's not going anywhere, <laughs> and let me give you my thought on my scale of one to 10 newsworthiness that some of these head coaches aren't going is maybe an eight. Cause it's, Oh, it's interesting. The head coach isn't going factual. Does it make any hill of beans difference? It's a one. Here's <laughs> why the combines is for evaluating draft talent. Head coaches are not the draft decision makers. Their position coaches are still all going. The Rams position coaches are going. Sean McVay may not be going, but the position coaches are still going. Each team is still sending its contingent of people. Now, what is unique about combines? It's still all about medical exams. Bill Pullian said it, everything. It's all about medical exams. And let me tell you something, Jacob nobody refuses medical exams. Now, there are cases where someone says, ah, I just had my knee at surgery. I don't want 32 plus team physicians pulling on my knee. We'll have one doctor do it and you can observe it. That's reasonable. And there are times when they say, I'm fresh off my knee surgery or whatever surgery, you can't examine me but yes, I'll come back for rechecks, right. or yes, I'll get an MRI, yes, you have operative reports, but nobody truly refuses evaluation of the medical exams. Now, they you may say you can't examine my shoulder, but you will still talk to the team physicians about what happened to your shoulder, what symptoms did you have, the operative report, the pictures, this, that, the other. So you're still participating in the medical examinations even if you're not doing every medical test and nobody refuses medical, but the medical is still the most important thing. Cause you remember you can still get a player's ability off of film, right? You can still get a player's availability and, and rate ability off of the pro day. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon that people don't work out. I'll let you in on another story back in the day. like like i said i've been to 20 plus combines you know you do the questionnaires are you are you running are you working out no i'm not running i'm not doing the 40. okay is there i i I tweak my hamstring and literally i would ask the guy is this a real hamstring or is this an agent hamstring is this just (laughs) i prefer to run at pro day under my circumstances or is this real right and and sometimes i'd say well you know if you tell me it's real, we might have to get an MRI. Oh, yeah, it's an agent hamstring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's when you get the real answer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and so I don't know why it's news that Caleb Williams isn't going to throw. Mm-hmm. I think it's news that Michael Pinnock's will throw. Tradition has it the top guys don't throw. Right. They want to throw to their circumstances, their wide receivers that they're used to. They're not, they're, Like, literally, you're just meeting these guys. You don't know what kind of routes they run and and the other things, and they want to look good. Caleb William cannot help his draft stock by working out at the combine. He could keep it the same. He could cement it. He could hurt it. Yeah. He can't help it. So I don't blame him slash his agent for saying I'm not going to throw. Marvin Harrison Jr., look. If he doesn't work out at all, is it going to hurt his draft stock? No. no. So why do it? And not to mention, which there has been at Combines and Pro Days, weird injuries that sometimes happen, right? I mean um,
1: – David Ojabo, I believe. David Ojabo tore, was tore to his Michigan Achilles. Day, yeah.
0: There's uh, Sidney Jones, Washington, a couple of years ago, right. tore his Achilles on a backpedal. At Combines, I hope – it doesn't happen pretty much every year somebody tears their peck doing the bench press right you know the max bench press max rep bench press um hopefully that won't happen now that i say that But yes, injuries can and do happen, and what's the upside? It's a risk-reward analysis. Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't need to do anything. It's not news. Uh, Caleb Williams doesn't need to throw here. It's not news. It's probably a good idea for Caleb Williams to throw to his own receivers at his USC Pro Day in controlled circumstances. But whether they throw well or don't throw well, I mean, does it really change? And so let's get back to the head coaches. I don't think it's big news at all that the head coaches aren't there. In my time when I was there, we met with the GM or whoever was in charge of the draft right after every day. Who's this guy? This guy, you know, news hot off the press in terms of medical. And yes, uh, but the head coach might have been in the suite or the box, but they weren't in that meeting that we had. You know, they were mostly from afar watching the underwear Olympics. But, you know, you have scouts and timers and this, that, the other. What do you really get off of that? And, you know, there's TV coverage as well. I mean, you're looking at film. Do you have to in-person scout these people? And are these head coaches even the decision makers? It's important for the position coaches to go because there's 330 kids at the combines usually. And not all of them get drafted. So what happens on day three, as you get to the lower rounds, phone calls start flying. The wide receiver coach is calling his free agent saying, hey, we, if you don't get drafted, we'd love to have you here. We'd love to have you here. That's where the back end of filling out the 90 is where coaches have some say and sway. That ain't Sean McVay. Yeah. Sean McVay ain't calling the wide receiver, or the backup the defensive tackle that's not being selected. The D-line coach is. They're all going to Combines. Obviously, all the scouts and all the personnel people. And, of course, all the medical people. Name one GM that's not going to be there. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Come on. N- name one decision-maker in the dr- in the draft room, final decision-maker that isn't going to be there. It's for the draft. Look, does Sean McVay go on the road to scout Alabama versus Georgia? no yeah does kyle shanahan no so uh, to me all this they're not going the combine's not dead it's just and the other thing that i would have to say from what i've observed at the combine and i hear it's worse now every year i talk about maybe going and this year we have a family ski trip i'm not going conveniently timed (laughs) accidentally (laughs) timed. you know what's time by it has nothing to do with me it's time by The intersection of my 11-year-old daughter's cheer schedule. She (laughs) just had a big tournament or competition in Vegas. Uh And so there's a little tiny bit of a lull. And the kind of beginning and offset time of my son's little league, not little league, pony league, but Bronco baseball season, 11-year-old baseball season. As a matter of fact, we were leaving tomorrow, the whole family, to go to Montana to ski and my wife changed the flight for her and my son because they've got a game tomorrow afternoon. We <laughs> leave at five 10. he's got a full game at four. And so for the one hour overlap, <laughs> he rebooked to the whole next day and you're going to waste the day of the vacation. I'm going with the, with the girls early. So it has to do with that it has nothing <laughs> to do with the combines. Uh, you know, I, I have been, Little leery about going to the combines and hey, I've been there 20 plus times. And you know, St. Elmo's okay, the shrimp cocktail, whatever. I mean, I went in the day when all they had was St. Elmo's and Ike's and Jonesy's. Now there's yeah. prime, there's all this shoal the, the shopping mall, the indoor habit trails that connect everything. And we'll talk about India again later. But yeah, my point is I've been hesitant to go because we deal in insider knowledge, not insider information. If I weren't doing media stuff, I probably could get invited as a guest to go back into the combine process behind the curtains. But I'm certainly, A, not going to do that, and B, won't be invited since if I'm media-related. right? You don't want to deal in insider information, just insider knowledge. And we can do that from afar. And there's a lot of networking that happens there, but not sure what i'd be networking for but that brings me my final point as to why head coaches may not be going a couple of things yes they maybe want to participate in some of the interviews but post-covid zoom has become a norm so zoom interviews okay so you don't look the guy in the eye and shake his hand but they're not bad right and combines are tiring Used to go you know we would be there medically at seven a m and even coaches would be there workouts and whatever. Then we'd have afternoon medical meetings with the team, and then we'd have some evening functions that are medical research related and then of course, you'd throw in a dinner there and then there might be uh uh you know a cigar lounge something <laughs> i mean it's a long right. day in process, and I've seen plenty. Of head coaches around out and about always traveling with an entourage and the combines has also become a scene like senior bowl has you know people work the lobbies of the hotels whether it's agents and meeting people or a guy who's trying to get a coaching job or something yeah something to pitch or sell these coaches can't walk through the lobby without getting not accosted but like approached by a lot of people
1: it's an epicenter of it's an episode and all that stuff and
0: and look these coaches are all nice guys at heart they don't like telling three dozen people thanks for your resume but no or I'll get back to you like (laughs) like they're at the pinnacle when you're a head coach you have a lot of people kind of coming at you and so I think the reasons why some head coaches are not going are number one their head coaching job is all-consuming. They don't, number two, they don't get a lot out of combines because they're not the draft decision-makers anyways. What little they get, they can get from Zoom. They still send their position coaches and obviously all the decision-makers in the draft, but also um, I think it's less hassle besides going to Indy and the and the hours spent, and but also – a lot of people tell you on Superman's cape at the combines. I've seen it. And so I think that's another reason. And it's sort of, you know, other than Mike McCarthy, it's sort of that ex Washington assistant coach crew, right? It's right. Kyle Shan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVeigh, uh, a few others, but um, that the new age right. kids. Uh, kids so to speak i guess <laughs> i can say kids but i don't think it's newsworthy at all that they're not going it would be newsworthy if the team refused to send anybody yeah. to go that the g it'd be newsworthy if a gm didn't go or scouts didn't go or other position the head coach not going is not newsworthy from my perspective for that reason
1: right Want well, to uh, get to the medical aspect we have the uh Michael Penix Jr., uh kind of early preview. I mean, we take all the information from the draft process and combine it with the, the previous injury history. Um, but want to talk about kind of with the Tyree Wilson example of last year, are any red flags, quote unquote red flags, universal or is it open to interpretation by the team?
0: Okay. Um let me put it back to you this way. Yeah. There are a few things that are absolutely universal. Um, You know, uh, it's pretty clear to some scouts that a certain player is not draftable as as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. But as to who is the top quarterback is up to question, right? I mean, our guy, my guy, Phillip Rivers. By the way, I talked to Phillip again this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) He is so funny. I actually have to follow up on it every time he's got a high school kid that has some sort of issue he calls me up. <laughs> hey what do you think you know this guy has a hip can i c- connect you with the dad <laughs> he's a uh, he's hilarious he's
1: all in with the coaching so <laughs> he is all
0: in with the coaching and actually we got to get philip on yeah, philip will be one absolutely. of the people on and and, and the tease for philip is i did talk to him this time about the potential comeback and whatever. And suffice it to say, I gave him my thought process as to the conditions where he would have come back and this, that, the other, and what means something to him. And he replied with one word, absolutely. So we'll we'll talk about that. He goes, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, But anyways, um, getting back to it, it's not, the reason why I brought up Philip Rivers, he had a funky throwing motion. Was it universal that he would not make it in the NFL or that he would make it in the NFL? There were some different opinions, right? It obviously worked out fine. So there's a lot of opinion in gray area. To be clear, I have never seen Tyree Wilson's x-ray CT scan or MRI. And I am not saying that he was a bad draft pick. All we were saying is if Tyree Wilson – and will anderson were equivalent players right you're gonna get something out of will anderson early and there are no yellow flags i won't say red flags right caution flags there's no worry you're drafting a guy with a clean medical history and if he's equivalent to the next guy who's not there you go and obviously will anderson had a pretty good year tyree wilson with the raiders did not do very much of anything I don't know that that's necessarily predictive of this coming year, but it certainly is predictive of the draft process if you assume that they're even. Mm -hmm. And so very few, at most one out of the 330 players, will get a medical grade, meaning that they're not draftable. You got to understand, they played good football to get here, to say that they're just not draftable, period. Maurice Hurst remember there was a scout that said oh it's malpractice that the Raiders drafted him and this that it's like no no they can get a clearance obviously he's gone to a night onto a nice NFL career Raiders and then post Raiders and so forth remember his heart condition right right? and every year you're going to hear about three two three guys that are not allowed to work out until they get their heart condition further delineated right And most times, thankfully, it turns out okay. They're just being safe. They don't want anyone dropping dead at combines. But beauty often is in the eye of the beholder. It's risk-reward relationship. You know, even when you're judging talent. Now, on a guaranteed $40 million contract, maybe I don't want that guy. Right. But on a minimum, when Denver is paying Russell Wilson's dime, maybe I want Russell Wilson, right? I mean, it's all medically relative. And was Tyreek Wilson a red flag? Only in the sense of you better stop before you draft him. Right. Not a red flag that he wasn't draftable. That's a different story. Yeah, just altogether. is he worth the risk at the same position? At, at the, It's all relative medicine, yeah. risk, right? In the right round, they're worth the right price because they are all talented to have been invited to the combine. And this is where the art of medicine is. Most people think it's clearance is binary. Yes, right. no. It's not binary. Yes, no. There's a lot of gray involved. And same with talent evaluation of players there are a few things where you say this guy just can't play football or this guy medically can't play football or from a scouting perspective can't play football and you might find unanimous agreement but there's way more in the gray area of relative risk and it really just depends in in look gms are going to draft who they want to draft i mean i I talked (laughs) to a bunch of them i think they considered what we said but I can cite examples that I have where someone has said, "No, we're signing that guy anyway." He's, yeah. <laughs> you know, I said, ah, I, medically, he's got a very low grade." But I know. had that on here. You had any any recent examples or examples
1: that you think of that stuck out? You're like, "Oh, that's an interesting choice," or that uh wasn't in line with with what I saw.
0: Well, let's okay. When I was in the NFL, there were examples. When I actually saw a player and examined him, and, and right. there were some differences of opinions. Now you got to understand, I'm not examining them and looking at their MRI. Right. So, you know, if Tyree Wilson was drafted ahead, maybe there's a reason. Maybe they cleared him on his foot. Maybe right. my worries about his foot weren't real, right? There's a difference between an exam. One time, I, years ago, I talked to uh, someone in the front office who says, Oh, I'm interested in what you're doing can you help us decide who to draft or who to sign? Like I could, but that's the job of your team (laughs) physician. If your team physician who gets to look at the medical records, who gets to examine the player is not better than me from looking from afar, you better replace your team physician. (laughs) I mean, having me opine from afar is not the way to go about it. I, when I was in the NFL doing stuff, you'd hear reports of, you know, the agent would put out, well, the the player surgeon said he'll have no problems. I mean, okay, let's go back to Sidney Jones, University of Washington a couple years ago. Eagles drafted him up early, and his doctor said, he'll be running by training camp. He'll be doing everything. I'm like, and what did we say? We said, he's lucky to get any part of this season. I think he got eligible to – player but in december maybe just to get a little experience i mean the whole spin look you've never heard a doctor who did a player surgery okay have you ever heard of a gm declare the draft a failure after it happened they all say the draft was great (laughs) have you ever heard 32 successful drafts every year (laughs) have you ever heard of a surgeon say or an agent say The surgeon said the surgery was a failure. No, the surgery was a success. (laughs) Well, how do you judge a draft? Over time. How do you judge a surgery? Over time. Yet everyone declares it as a success. So you have to consider the source. You call it coach speak. I guess you could say agent speak. You could say doctor speak. Right. got to understand. If the, the surgeon or the doctor can only say something about a player. Now, I say a lot of things about players, but I make it clear it's not a HIPAA violation. It's not from insider information. But if you have insider information, you have to get permission from the patient to say anything, good or bad. You think they're going to give you permission to say something bad? It's not happening. And you would be cutting your own throat. Have you ever heard of a trainer, say, my athlete, doesn't always work hard. It's always, he's the hardest worker. Yeah. He's the fastest healer, right? You're not gonna have a doctor getting the okay from the agent and player to speak on a guy's condition without it being glowing. Right. It's like in the real world, you're gonna ask someone to write a letter of recommendation for you that you don't think is gonna be positive? No. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen, yeah. right? And so that's how that this whole thing works a little bit. Yeah, we got a whole list of
1: players. So head to six score.com throughout the next couple of weeks. We'll have uh, draft profiles. Um...
0: And, and I will have to say this, that I think the NFL has done a good job of clamping down on leaks, right? I mean, leaks of, of Wonderleck scores, leaks of medical conditions. I think they've done a good job of clamping down on it, but we'll follow the news of what's publicly available. I still remember the story of Jalen, uh, uh, Smith. Right. Um, he was walking. He had that horrible knee injury at Notre Dame Mm -hmm. and he was walking. He posted a video of himself walking into a weight room five or six weeks after surgery. This is before the combine. And he said, no more brace. I'm doing great. And because he posted the video himself, it made it fair, I think, to comment on it. And I said, okay, no knee brace, but what about that AFO indicating a foot drop and a nerve palsy in your foot perineal nerve, right? And I still remember a New York reporter asked him about it at combines, And he said, well, Dr. Chow, former Tino, says, you've got a nerve. <laughs> and people said, oh, cost that kid millions of dollars. No, I didn't. 32 NFL teams examine him, and they know for a fact he's got a foot drop. They didn't need me to tell him the day before. When I was doing the job, I didn't look at media reports of what someone else said about him. I got to examine him. I didn't even worry about it. So anything that we do, we didn't cost Tyree Wilson anything. Players, teams get to touch and examine them and see the truth. They're not relying on me. They're dumb if they want to rely on an outside source that hasn't seen a guy. Uh, etc so we don't cost anyone anything um it's a lot of jockeying and whatever we're trying to reveal the truth where we can it is hard because information can be scarce i'd love to see the problem is a lot of these injured guys aren't working out so i can't go by video right uh, of how they're doing so you have to do second hand third hand what was the surgery from college and sort of project and that's yeah. what we did with tyree wilson and we'll keep on the lookout right now we've got some stuff on michael penix we're gathering the list of other people more information will come this week but um that's kind of the deal
1: yeah an interesting one we're gonna look as jonathan brooks the texas running back uh when our staff pointed out that the surgeon who'd repaired his ACL was also the cowboy surgeon. So I don't know if that gives them a leg up on knowing his recovery or whatever, but we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit.
0: Oh, and and, you know, it's, it's the cowboy speculation machine, right? They need a running back. Here's a top running (laughs) back. Here's one link to them that maybe, yeah. Here's what I would say to that. And I say this in the kindest of ways, because I do respect the cowboy surgeon. Okay. And he is a guy that does do, second opinions and surgeries, and, and so he's a good surgeon, the whole deal. Didn't the Cowboys have the advantage on aforementioned Jalen Smith uh, that their doctor did the surgery? Same situation. Similar, he was yeah. going to be okay, and he was surprised top of the second round draft when I think the prevailing opinion was day three at best. Uh, how did that work out? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he did okay a little bit, but yeah. it didn't work out that well. So the bottom line is everyone will have access to the information and they can each make their own decisions. And I don't see it as a huge advantage that one, the cowboy surgeon because the agent isn't going to suppress information agent's going to get all the information out to all the 32 teams and yeah. the player is too they're not going to suppress it just so that the cowboys can have a better shot yeah. at drafting brooks so uh, i think it's a non-story once again
1: well like you said uh medical all those articles will be up at six score.com you can sign up for notifications or a newsletter to make sure you don't miss any of those I uh, wanted to ask you doc since you've been to indy so many times you make anything of them not having the contract in indy Beyond uh, next year,
0: yes. That,
1: <laughs> what do you make of it?
0: <laughs> leverage,
1: because <laughs> I I want to know. Can do you think any other city could handle the medical? Okay, aspect? let's let's talk about leverage. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Taylor's sitting here. That was a nice Super Bowl media party, wasn't it? it was, yes. But it was one of the better ones. It was that yeah. the F one garages? Garages. Yeah. They did a great job. You know how much the NFL paid for that? Zero zero the host (laughs) committee took care of that and they had a big asian new year celebration and they gave away some boosts that's called sponsors that's called community the food service i mean look the nfl is just saying indy what are you going to give us to come back and it's not even the nfl Right. right it's the combine is technically not the nfl really it's not the combine is not the nfl it's a separate group. They're saying, Indy, what will you give us? Mm. Like any Super Bowl bit. Okay, how many, how much police force revenue? How much security? How much meeting space? How yeah. much convention space? How many hotel rooms at what guaranteed price? Right. How much this? That, honestly. It even includes landing spots for private aircraft in the Super Bowl <laughs> bid. Like, that's why Taylor Swift was going to get one, because the NFL controlled them all. She, they were going to give her one, right? No one else private person could get one, because the NFL had them all for the owners, and each team has more than one owner's plane and coming, in, right, the whole deal. It's all part of the bid process. Now, as far as your question, why Indy? The history was – Prior to this, it was in New Orleans. They felt that that wasn't a good fit. <laughs> New Orleans, okay. You can pick your reason. Yeah. And there were, and why is it called Combine? It used to be regional, and then they combined it into one big set. That's how it's called Combine, okay? Um, and Indy, why do they pick Indy? I'll tell you why. Number one, if you look at a map of the NFL. It's very Northeast centric and Indy in, in terms of miles flown or driven is not a bad location in terms of being relatively central. Mm-hmm. Remember, I would love it to be in Chicago having been in San Diego all those years. Cause then you can take a nonstop flight. There's no such thing as a San Diego to Indy nonstop. Yeah. Well, ATA had one, but it's one time, know, <laughs> but it's hard to harder to get into right. it out of. But what you have to have is a central location with a major airport, surrounding hotels, convention center for rooms adjacent to the stadium, an indoor stadium with controlled situation, plus a very cooperative hospital medical system. Yeah with an easy, close access. And Indy was more of a sleepy town to begin with. Now, Chicago, I, admit, I don't know. Downtown Chicago would be a mess and there's no adjacent stadium. Like yeah. Indy, you walk to everything. Chicago, you don't have all those confluences. Could Detroit maybe do it? Maybe you got to get the medical side, but I don't think there's a convention center attached to the Lions Stadium. Whereas in Indy, you know their NC two A headquarters. They have convention space attached to yeah. everything, and that's why it's been a, the perfect setup. You mm. could imagine other things, but you need the stadium, the conference room, the hotels. Like you couldn't do it in Green Bay. I mean, it's, yeah, they're at the hotel space there. You know, you don't want to do it in L.A. Although I don't. know. I think sure they've thrown right.
1: out L.A. and Vegas as some leak names, whatever. But
0: Vegas could do it. Because they have the infrastructure, the hotel room, the indoor stadium, mm-hmm. and the convention space nearby, you know, the stadium for some but the medical component mm-hmm. is a beast. And the other thing about Vegas is, okay, then you're getting into nightlife issues again, yeah. but it's also not convenient to the teams because no. Indy's centric to the teams. You talk about LA because LA, you can't do it in New York. It could maybe New Jersey, but um, L.A. is kind of the new NFL hotspot central. Yeah. But uh, you might be able to put some things together there. But once again, geographically, that's why Indy works. That's why it's been. And I'm sure a lot of this is, okay, what are you going to give us? Yeah. Right? Uh, kind of thing. It'll go wherever the NFL wants it to go. Um, Don't yeah. know that Vegas is going to give up
1: as much as Indy would to keep the combine there.
0: Yeah, Vegas can host other conventions. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, You know? <laughs> Yeah, but it's just negotiations. So
1: all. if they move to a different city, I feel like they would have to like change the schedule or the entire format of it. Like, like said, it's a scheduling
0: city, right? beast, right? Yeah. Not not only do they have the hospital's cooperative, now they have, you know, uh, I don't know, a half dozen or more MRI trucks parked right. in the state. Yeah, I so, can't imagine the so, number so you don't MRI have CD. to go off campus even kind of thing and they've done a better job they're pre-screening them ahead of time mm-hmm. each team gets 10 players so 32 teams 10 or 11 players 330 guys that the head athletic trainer and their staff screens them gets the right test at them to cut down on the process but it's it's a behemoth it's a very it's a logistical nightmare and the medical
1: is the reason why the combine was even created right so they need to make sure that it Medical I behavior. don't know
0: that medical was the reason it was created. Mm-hmm. Remember, you could do medical in, on a regional basis. Right. Once they combined it to one location, it has become, like I said, the most important, only because it's the only place you get medical. Uh, you, can't, you don't typically get medical anywhere else, certainly not the pro days in right. the interviews and other things. So that's where it's become the big thing.
1: I want to move on to basketball. Uh, if you have any in, any more indie memories, feel free to share them throughout the pod. But <laughs> we got got a hyper focus on basketball. Uh, I want to mention anybody um, that wants to follow on our sick picks. Uh, we're doing them for the second half of the NBA season. We're doing them all season, but uh, we do have a guarantee for this Sunday uh, four game slate that we have picked out. So sign up at sickpick dot uh, Head to sick picks, and uh, we don't have a winning day on Sunday. That's your money
0: back. I get. People are like Sports Injury Central, pro football doc. First of all, we've got former Chicago Bulls doctor on staff, and we've got other doctors. I've worked basketball. I've done stuff with the Bulls and Timberwolves, etc. cetera. I wasn't a head team physician for 17 years. That's why it's not pro basketball doc. So I have experience in all these other sports, just not as great as in football. And so that's kind of why we do what we do. But... The interesting thing that for basketball, as we've done it the last three years, is that so we, you know, we do a lot on cluster injuries mm-hmm. and there's 22 starters, offense and defense. Uh, how many people that you think realize that we have 12 starters on defense on our field views?
1: Yeah, there's I, been a few comments, but uh, less than I'd expect. Yeah.
0: Because we think the slot corner is so important. We yeah. put three corners up there. So there's 12. <laughs> okay. Um kind of a situation on an offense we do three wide receivers one tight end right. spot and one running back spot but that's the 11 okay yeah. but on defense we do 12. we do a lot of cluster injuries is it o-line more than one d-line or dbs or whatever and when there's 22 23 however you want to call it 22 players there's five starters in an nba game and they play offense and defense each starter so it's five versus 22 each nba starter is four and a half injuries so that's where the nba is actually more actionable downstream prop wise and otherwise when there's just even one injury yeah it's you know if your injury is to your power forward rebounder that affects it it's like having an injury to your offensive line more than one or defensive line more than one so that's where we found actually basketball is more actionable based off of injuries and knowing when they come back and and what have you,
1: yeah, especially this deep in the season, you got teams like the Knicks that have Julius Randle, uh, OG and Obi-O. They had Brunson out for a little bit; he's back, but uh, still have the Mitchell Robinson out center. So
0: Julius Randle, like he hasn't returned yet, has he?
1: Yeah. He, I actually have it on here because he's he came back and he's made some interesting comments, not ruling out surgery now. He said he's had a bunch of opinions, but he's kind of hinting, oh, you know, I have to do the right thing for my career, longevity, that
0: type of stuff. So. Well, we've, been saying. Yeah. we've been saying from the get-go, look, there are two, three guys in every NFL team that wears a strap and finishes off the season and has surgery to end the season. But with restricted shoulder motion, you can play most or a lot of positions in the NFL. Right. You can't play NBA basketball with a harness on. And if you don't have the harness on, your shoulder is going to re-dislocate, chances are. So I, once we said Julius Randall dislocated his shoulder and that got confirmed, that means label tear, we felt he wasn't coming back this season. But the Knicks put out one month he'll be back. Right.
1: Well, they, they choose their words wisely. They say reevaluated. They don't say we'll be back. After four weeks, they say we're going to reevaluate in Julie's four weeks. Yeah, it's it's reevaluation time in the NBA, and that has to do with record at this point. I think it's smart because they buy themselves an extra couple weeks to officially make a decision.
0: Yeah, I I just don't believe Julius Randall, even the, with it being his quote off shoulder, being how he plays and what he does, that he can be effective and come back uh, without having surgery. I don't see it. Could he for a limited period of time? Maybe you know it's you're playing a little bit of Russian roulette, as if it's worth the risk, et cetera. But, and that's one thing. There, look, there are certainly lots of times that we end up being wrong. But this is why we don't delete tweets Mm -hmm. or delete articles or whatever. If the news comes out against us, we usually hold our position, and either. The position, it comes back around to our position, which is I don't think Julius Randle's coming back, even though the Knicks were hinting at it. Or, you know, it's possible that we're wrong, too. But like I said, it's being wrong when you're inside the building or doing an exam and looking at the MRI is a huge no-no. Being wrong now and again when you're outside the building will take it. I mean, it is what it is.
1: Another one in the reevaluation zone, I'm going to call it, is uh, Trey Young. Underwhip finger surgery on his uh, left pinky on his left hand. I think they said torn radial collateral ligament. And they said reevaluate in four weeks. Uh, Is that a realistic timeline?
0: Six is probably the best case or earliest. I mean, it's his offhand. Could he play buddy taped? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as a main maybe, ball handler, yeah, probably not. Yeah, difficult. So if you
1: had the two extra weeks. You start ending a season. Yeah, so that's the kind of the thing they don't want to do, right? That's why they limit the weeks to a
0: certain point. Well, like I keep saying, um, f- see, four weeks. Look, do you ever hear um, a medical report saying? You often hear four to six weeks. Yeah. You often hear four weeks. You, were, you will hear six weeks. You never hear five. You never hear three. <laughs> if it's three, it's two to four. Yeah. Or it's two or it's four. Do people not like odd numbers? What is that? <laughs> it's it's kind of like saying, um, I'll be back in five minutes. Yeah. Or give me 15 minutes. It's just natural increments. <laughs> right. Nobody says I'll be back in 12 minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, you get what I mean? Yeah. I mean, half an hour. It's just the natural yeah. uh, tone of things. Three to five. Yeah. People just don't say four to six, two to four. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something that two benefits. to four
1: sounds better than about a month. Cause if you think it's about a month, it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be longer than a month.
0: Yeah, and everyone uses different nomenclature, right. but but yeah, but that's like saying, okay, going back to uh, airline when when you, when your flight's delayed and it's a seven twelve a.m. flight and they say departure time eight o'clock, no, no, <laughs> That's check back with me at eight o'clock. That's less than ten percent, yeah. <laughs> and then they say nine o'clock. It's check back. When they say 930, <laughs> you're getting closer. When they say 937, that's when <laughs> you're leaving. <laughs> okay. That's my experience with yeah. airlines too. I mean, that's just, okay. Okay. You can, you got to stay kind of close to the gate. Eight o'clock, yeah. you know. <laughs> then it's nine o'clock. Because if they just said nine o'clock to begin with, you'd scatter, and then yeah. if it happened to move up, you'd miss your flight, and it'd be a disaster. So they just kind of string you along a little bit, and that's what teams do. It is what it is.
1: I think it's always interesting to to remember that these are the publicly reported timelines. It's not like they're telling Trey Young, "Hey, four to 6 <laughs> They're probably telling him more specific, like, "Hey, we're gonna. We don't. We think it's gonna." the swelling is going to be down in four and then we'll, and then we'll see and what's happening,
0: there. but yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's what's being told to the public is, is yeah. not always the same. thing.
1: Well, we had an internal debate just to finish off uh, Kyle Filipowski for Duke, the center seven foot center injured during the court storm. I'm sure people have seen the clip. If not, you can head to uh, X Twitter pro football doc um, injured his right knee with the fan running into him, or maybe extending his leg out to trip the fan. There's a, uh, there's a lot of Twitter theories. As there always are
0: all right first of all when i when you all first showed it to me i don't know maybe someone from barstool texas i don't know there was somewhere and i was on my phone and i was like at first i will admit i was at sun's baseball practice like yeah he didn't hurt his elbow there there's nothing (laughs) there and then upon closer look computer and otherwise oh that's his right knee Mm -hmm. and but i still said he's hurt not injured right hurt is real right okay and look to his defense i mean the court is his he's mad that he lost the game and he has a right to say what the f are all these people doing here they don't belong here okay if someone walked into our conference room studio right now, we'd look at them. If four people ran in, we might put up our (laughs) arms and say, what are you doing, right? I mean, this is his office is the court and a couple hundred kids running onto it from all sides. And look, he's a seven footer. He's probably a little gangly, whatever. I think his knee injury slash hurt, not Mm -hmm. injured, is real. I think it is completely unfair to say that he hit the guy first. Okay, first of all, if you're standing in a grocery store line and three people start cutting in front of you, you're like, hey, what are you doing, right? I mean, especially if they're running at you, it's called self-defense. Second of all, does he start to put his elbow and arm up before contact? Yeah, I think so. Maybe, or it's close. Right. But if you freeze frame it and feel free to run it back here, (laughs) the moment his right knee is hit he is not making forcible contact with his forearm It's not anywhere. leaning you forward can look or putting anything I'm uh, look, I'm at it <laughs> okay freeze it the second that his knee you can make it bigger too i could freeze it the second that his right knee is run into okay back up it's already been hit okay okay here comes the guy randomly he's putting up his forearm right advance of the frame Answer fake. okay. Where's their more forcible contact? His knee or the elbow? No, that that forearm.
1: And he's going directly at him as well. He's running right towards him, right? And he's like, get
0: away from me. Yeah. yeah. And, and but the contact happens forcibly to his knee, much more forcibly than elbow. The his, and then yeah. the rest of the elbow and form contact, he's just falling forward, like, get away from me. What's happening? Right.
1: He said he took multiple hits to the body, but the knee was the one that hurt the
0: most. Yes, that's the one yeah. that hurt him right yeah. there. But as he stumbles around and he's and, and it looks like some people say he's flailing. at no, he's like, Oh shoot, I, I don't want to fall down. I hit yeah. my knee, kind of thing. I'm on his side, man. I, I don't look, I don't want to. Be a curmudgeon and say you should never storm the court yeah, that, and this, that, the other. Yeah, I, I get enthusiasm and all that, but uh, that's the safety issue for... Yeah. for There's got to be
1: a better way to do it to at least get the opposing players out of the way first. What about if you're the favorite team? Should you not unrush the court? Should the Wake Force was favored. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm a dude fan, so might sound like that. They're, they were favored by two and a half, so I would be like, why are you court storming? You were supposed to win. That's my rule. Why is an unranked team favored over a number eight team in the country?
0: Well, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, you're in college, and you're enthusiastic for your team, and it's Duke, so it's the big bad boys. Look, I don't know what their record of Duke has been. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, right? Clearly, you don't want to get players hurt, but I don't want to be dampening enthusiasm, of part of the college ball, experience ball and ball stuff, ball. yeah. But you can't have – look, I really hope that our video thought is right, that he's really mm-hmm. not injured. He's just hurt a little bit. Yeah, they have
1: four ball. regular season games remaining before the ACC tournament. So you think definitely back for ACC tournament?
0: Uh, I would be shocked if he's not 100% for ACC tournament. Gotcha. Does he get a game or two off? I don't know. Right. It's possible. Well, but
1: that loss, they do actually need him for those four games. Yeah, they gonna... do. Yeah, so they okay. might, might miss a game at all, right? You've...
0: Yeah, but I, I could see Duke being unhappy almost to prove a point. Milking it a little it. bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, It does look bad if he returns and scores 30 in the game after yeah. he
1: was supposedly hurt in the court storm.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but yeah. I, I don't blame the kid at all. The seven-footer at all. I mean, yeah. he's just self-defense and, and the whole deal. Now, do you agree with me yet, or do you still think? I
1: still think he initiated a little bit, but you're right. It <laughs>
0: it's a little, much. it's reactionary. Okay. I don't okay. think it's okay. premeditated. If, if he so, yeah. does what he does with his forearm, without the knee anything, is he not justified? There's like, there's people coming out. There's all these people coming what, the What's happening yet? here, right? I mean, I think he's justified. I think he's justified. Oh, think he's justified. Yeah. He didn't strike out. I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, I mean, I, I think he's justified. Yeah. I don't think he meant any harm. I think it.
1: what you said, though, like it's his office. You're in his office. That resonates. So yeah, I'll give you that. Well,
0: all right, I'll, I'll retell my Troy Palamalu story. <laughs> I meant no harm to Troy Palamalu, and I couldn't harm him anyways. But he came eight, ten yards deep into the sideline, my quote office. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming at me hard and i didn't want to get knocked over (laughs) so i put up my forearm and if i just put up an arm bar he's gonna knock me over so i kind of as he came pushed a little bit uh, meanwhile troy palomalu stops on a freaking dime as soon as he sees me and i didn't even need to put my arm up i could have just stayed there (laughs) and he would have avoided me because he's that good of an athlete meanwhile as he does my reaction already went and on film it looks like i'm just giving him a am shiver now my chargers the, the players high-fived me the next day after they saw it on film they said oh good job you yeah. know in the film room you you and know it's you... like yeah, it was self-defense I, I didn't mean any harm to the guy yeah. i just didn't you know and, and that's what i always say on the sideline now that's not the case here these random guys right, that's on the court he's not even looking at Filipowski or whatever his name is yeah he's looking to find his teammate or his friend or his yeah. classmate right. or jump in a crowd so you're not even looking okay my whole thing on the sideline is kind of like the bull you got to move laterally going backwards yeah they're faster yeah. than you are that's <laughs> like the bullfighter laterally okay but here's the other point i'd say if the player doesn't see you you better move. The yeah. wash is coming hard. If the player sees you, just don't move. They're good enough athletes. You're going to screw them up
1: by moving. Yeah, yeah,
0: they will going to cut right around you yeah. if they see you. Yeah. And in this case, I didn't think Palomalu saw me, but he did look up last second to see me and voided me easily. But instead, I... So I got a <laughs> side with him. That was an unintentional yeah. forearm shiver from me. It's just like this first-hand experience Filipowski kid. You know? <laughs> So I, I side with him. That's good. <laughs> yeah. We got a
1: MLB, some MLB action too. Obviously a little bit, uh, not as traumatic as far as non contact stuff, but, um, more arm wear and tear. We got peace on Kodai up. So tracking all that stuff as, uh, as football season, the new football season ramps up and the other sports continue.
0: Got it. We're going to finish off with a beast of the week. Yeah. Who do you got? You guys got any? Cam Newton. I'm, (laughs) look, (laughs) I'm not going Cam Newton. No. Okay. Cam Newton is a beast. Yeah. I've told the story before when he was here for combine training, pre-combine training, he had an MRI and the the radiologist called me and said, who is this guy? I said, what do you mean? It's Cam Newton. Who is this guy? I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's the biggest psoas muscles i ever seen in my life, Mm -hmm. hip flexor muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Because, power running and high knees (laughs) i was like yeah well he's a beast cam newton cam newton is a beast but cam newton is not my beast of the week first of all you understand like cam newton even though he's not playing the nfl he's still in better shape and whatever he than it than any (laughs) other yahoo that's out there in life not a normal human especially one that might have been who knows you know (laughs) i don't even know the whole circumstance but he couldn't bring him to the ground he kept his feet but
1: you can put him in a UFC cage and he'd do all right.
0: I'm not going to make Cam Newton the Beast of the Week here because I expect that out of Cam. Right. He's Cam Newton. You know what I'm going to make the Beast of the Week? Who? His hat. How does it not fall off? <laughs> yeah. He's tumbling around. Yeah. The hat stayed on. <laughs> I don't know how that stayed on. Uh, <laughs> uh, we need some video analysis on the hat. Uh, how sure. does the hat stay on? The hat is the Beast of the Week. <laughs> no punches in the- on. the hat stayed <laughs> on go look at the video how did that happen he's wrestling three guys at once and the hats i already know all right yeah. you saw you saw cam for the first time the in person too, yeah. i've seen him in person yeah. he's a beast <laughs> seen in person didn't like he's a beast i know he's a beast yeah. this video of him no one can bring him i know that that's 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 dog bites man no yeah. big deal <laughs> okay i mean that it's cam newton but I don't know how that hat stayed on. You got to look <laughs> at that one. That's that's my beast of the week. The hat hung on for and didn't even I don't think it even moved. No. Anyways, that's pretty good. All right, uh so uh Combine Week here, we'll break news as, as it happens and and the analysis and the other thing that I'm told is that uh there's a heck of a lot of betting now on draft picks. Oh. <laughs> so here we go again the wagering world. Uh but we'll see we don't try and manufacture something we'll have to let the news come to us on injuries and uh we'll go from there so pro football doc sports injury central podcast here thanks for watching and listening